Salwete. This is the Evergreen Tree. I am your host, Brandon Lee Lewis. Today's date is November 6, 2020. We are in the middle of the tally for the presidential election right now at this very moment. And the attention is focused upon certain states. Now, this episode is going to line up with the previous episode in a way. In this regard, this is how the linkage is going to happen. In the previous episode, I, I talked about the living constitution philosophy, a philosophy which states that the leaders are able to make the laws up as they go. I'm really putting things in a sum up version by me saying that, but that's basically what it is. Now, the Constitution of the United States does not give anyone any such power. It does not give anyone any such power. So there naturally is a conflict between these two entities and this leads us to today's subject which is what happened during this general election in many of these states now I have looked into what happened in Pennsylvania and what's happening in Pennsylvania so I'll just stick with that but you can rest assured or I can make a safe bet that these things have happened in other states. Now, before I go any further, I must remind you, and those of you who have listened to the previous episode know this about me. I have no horse in this race. I am not for Joe Biden. I am not for Donald Trump. So any one of you out there who are trying to listen and hope that I pull for one side, you will be sadly disappointed because I am not for either side. The side that I am on is the preservation of the Republic called the United States of America. And for particular reasons, I don't see either one of the candidates as healthy for that purpose. Now, the reason why it has turned out that way is because we, the people, have let it become that way. And I will say this about Trump. He does love his country, but his ego gets in his way. Now, Joe Biden, I can't say that he loves this country. So there you go. You have my reasons for my thoughts. So keep that in the back of your mind while you listen to this episode. Now, where should we start? Well, without the Constitution of the United States of America, there is no Republic of the United States of America. Not really. So let's start with the Constitution of the United States of America. We will start in Article 1, Section 4. Now, mind you, I am speaking about 
in relation to the general election. The general elections um, encompasses the election of the representatives that go to that goes to the House of Representatives, the Senate, and the popular vote for the president. Notice I did not say the election of the president. I said the popular vote of the president. You have to be really exact. Listen to exactly what I am saying here. So that is the general election. And that has been uh, stipulated by the United States Code, which are laws that Congress has made. And Congress, through the Constitution, has the ability to set the set the time of the general election. And that's as far as it goes. Because to get to what my what I was going to say, I was going to read to you. That's as far as it goes, because when we get to Article one. Section four. The very first paragraph, it says the times, places and manner of holding of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state. By the legislature thereof. You thought it was going to end at the word state, didn't you? But it continues and it says, by the legislature thereof. Now remember that. By in each state, by the legislature thereof. That's key. Now let's move on. Flip to Article 2, Section 1. First paragraph. No, not the first paragraph, the second paragraph. Each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors equal to the whole number of senators and representatives to which the state may be entitled in the Congress. But no senator or representative or person holding an office of trust or profit under the United States shall be appointed an elector. Let me read that again in case some of you have missed it. Each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors equal to the whole number of senators and representatives to which the state may be entitled in the Congress. So in both cases we see that the manner in which these selections are processed or the manner in which these selections are carried out is dictated by the legislature of the state. Now what exactly does that mean? It means that the legislature of each state before election time must make a law to dictate how the election is going to be carried out. Now, what does this have to do with Pennsylvania? Well, Pennsylvania, before the elections, 
I would say about a week before, went and added certain stipulations, or not stipulations, but uh, certain details to the election process. One is the extension of ballots coming in, and also the modification of which ballots would be valid. And there were other uh, modifications as well. Now, Tom Wolf, I believe that's his name. Let me look it up just to make sure. I believe it is Tom Wolf. Tom Wolf, the governor of Pennsylvania, tried to convince the legislature of Pennsylvania to make these changes. One key one is the extension of time for when the ballots will come in. And that is three days after the date set aside for the general election. In this case, it's November 3rd, or I believe it was November 3rd. Either way, it was Tuesday, the first Tuesday of November. Now, in response to that, the legislature of Pennsylvania gave no response. What I mean is, is that those, those details that he was trying to push to be become to to be a part of the election law was not was not looked over by the legislative branch or the general assembly or the congress of Pennsylvania therefore those details that he wanted to become law did not become law through the legislative process so what did Tom do Tom went to the to the supreme court of Pennsylvania not the Supreme Court of the United States the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania and they ruled in his favor to add these details to election law now I don't know about you ladies and gentlemen but it sounds like to me that the governor has rewritten the election law of Pennsylvania and has got and has received the cosign of the judiciary branch of the government of Pennsylvania. Now it says in the Constitution again, state or prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof, or in the second case, in the second article in relationship to the presidential election, uh, in such manner as the legislature thereof, each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof. So Tom Wolf being the governor and the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania being the judiciary branch, has made a law. That right there makes it unconstitutional. 
if the legislature of Pennsylvania, the Congress of Pennsylvania has not put those new details in law, they have not voted into law through a general assembly where Congress gets together and votes on these things, then these laws, the so-called laws, or as I referred to them before, these details being attached to the law of electoral procedure is unconstitutional. Now, I've looked for a very long time to find to find any law where these details were added. And I couldn't find any. I found more of the story or more recants of the story of Tom Wolf not receiving what he wanted from the legislature of Pennsylvania and him going to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court gave him what he wanted by co-signing his new details. But again, the judiciary branch is not the legislative branch. The governor is not the legislative branch. He is the executive branch. So the judiciary branch and the executive, the executive branch of Pennsylvania cannot write laws and they cannot prescribe how elections will be held. That goes against the Constitution. The only way that these processes can be changed is by a law that has been written and confirmed through the legislative process of Pennsylvania. I have not seen either of that any of that at all. Now, they did make a change in law earlier this year, but these details that Tom Wolf tried to put inside of the electoral law a few weeks ago was not in the, re in the uh, revisions of Pennsylvania electoral law that happened this summer. Now, that did come through the legislative process. But again, I will say that the details that Tom Wolf wanted to put into the electoral process for the general election was not in that revision that happened this summer. So where does this leave us? Well, we all know that the uh, Trump's team is trying is suing these governments for wrongdoing, but also there was a lawsuit that came through the Supreme Court from the conservative representatives uh, in the in the Congress of Pennsylvania, and the Supreme Court decided not to hear the case on an emergency uh, basis. Now, let me be clear to you. When you hear this in the news, it makes it sound as if the case was thrown out. The case is not thrown out. It's just pushed back in the docket 
instead of being heard as an emergency case, which would put it, which would put the hearing before the general election, they chose not to do that. So this this case will come up at a later date. Now, the reason why I'm making this point is because I want to save you guys from despair and anguish because the news is setting you up for a big, gigantic surprise. And that is, if Biden gets elected and you think it's all over, think again, it's not. And by law, it isn't. Number one, the popular vote does not elect the president. It is the electors, as we have stated upon reading the Constitution in the second article. Again, it says the executive power, wait, again it says, each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors. So that's one way you can be surprised. Now, the other way is, as I've, I have stated, that this case, which is the unconstitutional uh, process in which Pennsylvania has carried out their general election, is still on the docket at the Supreme Court. So a lot of the votes, or quite a, quite a bit of the votes, which has swayed the election in some cases, those votes will be thrown out or not counted if the Supreme Court finds what Pennsylvania has done is in terms of the in terms of the general election, or should I say more exact, if the Supreme Court finds what the governor of Pennsylvania and the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania if they find what they have done unconstitutional, then those key votes or ballots will not be counted. And it could change the election. So, this is the whole purpose. Well, one of the purposes that I am making this podcast so that you can see what's coming and you will not be manipulated. Ladies and gentlemen, I feel that this whole fiasco is designed to get you ramped up and hopeful for a result. And then when you get the result that you want, it will be snatched away from you in in certain terms. Now, I wouldn't say that is uh, snatched away from you by law. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that the media will paint this situation in a certain light and you will get emotionally attached to it. Now that light is not true of the law and you not knowing how the law actually works will be surprised if the law works the way it is designed to work. And seeing how things have gone throughout 2020 this will, this will cause some people to go out in the streets and burn things down and hurt people. And it has before caused people to get rid of the Constitution, which those of you who are asking for that, you, I, 
you don't know what you're asking for. I'm serious about that. <laughs> okay. But you, some of you will ask for the Constitution to be done away with. And some of you won't go that far, but you will ask for the electoral, the electoral college to be done away with. Which, if you listen to the previous podcast, you will see why it's there. Is the, the the electoral college is actually designed to remedy this situation? Really, it may not be exactly this situation, but it's akin to the situation that was pointed out in the Federalist Papers. And. The Electoral College, again, to, to state it into a nutshell, is designed to keep the office of the president from being influenced by outside powers. You see, the president is the executor of the law. And it's real important that he is not influenced by outside sources. Of course, this day and age... We have not found that to be very true now, haven't we? And a lot of that is because we don't carry things out the way things were meant to be carried out or things are not carried out in the intention in which they were intended intended to be carried out, especially with the Electoral College, because we think that the Electoral College or the electors should go along with the popular vote. And that is not true. And because we have been carrying uh, on in these sort of unwritten ways, per se, we have gotten ourselves into a lot of trouble. And as a result, power has been given in certain places where it should not be. The people of the United States of America has relinquish their power and giving it to leaders and that's because we do not keep track of these things and we do not know why these things are here and because we don't know why these things are in place we do not know why it's good for us and why it is so groundbreaking and as a result we are falling into the same traps that other countries have fallen into Countries where immigrants have came to this country. Countries where those immigrants have escaped. Countries where leaders have absolute rule. They could basically make any law that they want. Of course, the founding fathers came out from underneath of that. So, we have read the Constitution of the United States. Now, as far as the general election is concerned, and the complaints thereof, the complaints really affect the election of representatives and senators because those are elected by popular vote. So, keep that in mind. Now, in the case of the presidency, it is not that simple. Again, we come back to the Electoral College. 
the president is not elected by popular vote. The popular vote is, is basically a sideshow. And let's get back to the media. The media should really be ashamed of themselves for making the popular vote of the president such so uh so so advertised no not advertised but as sensational as it has become because the electors are the one who are who elects the president not the popular vote you see this is a republic this isn't a complete democracy for a good reason for a very good reason now you do have a hand in how your electors are chosen how again in the constitution of the united states it says each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors okay so the legislature selects the electors right but who selects the legislature the people of the state in this case the people of pennsylvania so in this way the people does have an a hand in electing the uh elect or selecting the electors for the president now this is all falling into the umbrella of separation of powers and the power of the people now the power of the people is is uh distributed through different channels and this is one of the different channels in comparison to the direct to the direct channel of people being able or the people to be able to select their representatives and later by amendment their senators the president of the united states has a different channel in which the power of the people affects that process and it is through the electoral college and that electoral college is linked to the state to the state legislatures and the state legislatures are selected by the people of that state so that's how it works now it's removed like that for particular reasons again if you want to hear one reason listen to the previous episode and it's also designed to protect against this mess that we have right now i'm not going to repeat myself you heard me explain that so in terms of the unconstitutionality again with the house of representatives and the senate the election of the members thereof is pretty straightforward that the general election has not been carried out as prescribed by the constitution because the state legislature has not um, added those new de details to the election law tom wolf and the supreme court just added them to it arbitrarily and the attorney not the attorney general but um, the uh, election officials carried on as such that's unconstitutional now again with the 
president, it's not that simple. We have to deal with the electors. So the next question that we have to ask, well, how are the electors chosen in the state of Pennsylvania? How did the state legislature of the state of Pennsylvania define or prescribe how the electors are chosen? In other words, what I'm saying is, what is the law that was made by the Congress or the General Assembly of Pennsylvania? What is the law that determines the process where the electors are selected? And we turn to Act Number 320 of 1937. So this was enacted on Thursday, June 3rd, 1937. This is the Pennsylvania Election Code. What does it say? Section 1501. This is Article 15. Section 1501. Election of presidential electors at the general election to be held in the year 1940 and every fourth year thereafter, there shall be elected by the qualified electors of the Commonwealth, which is the people who are able to vote. There should be elected by the qualified electors of the Commonwealth persons to be known as electors of President and Vice President of the United States and referred to in this act as presidential electors, equal in number to the whole number of senators and representatives to which this state may be entitled in the Congress of the United States. Okay. It says again, at the general election, which just happened on November 3rd, to be held in the year of 1940 and every fourth year thereafter. So this general election that happened in November 3rd, 2020, is of a, is of a recurrence or is on a recurrent cycle of every four years from 1940. Okay? So... Let's do the math here. So 40 years, so 1940 to 2020 is how many years? That's 80 years, right? 80 is a multiple of four. So we are on that cycle. So that general election, the people or qualified electors of the Commonwealth shall or elected persons to be known as electors for president and vice president of the United States and referred to the and referred to in this act or the act of the the uh, election act or the election process as presidential electors. And in the case of uh, Pennsylvania, 
they select 20 of them because they have 20 representatives or 18 representatives and two senators, and that makes 20. Now, if this happened during the general election, as Pennsylvania law has said, that means that this process has been affected by the details added on by the governor of Pennsylvania and the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania. You see what a big mess this is making. So this has caused the election of the electors to fall in unconstitutional waters because the state legislature did not stipulate those new details. One in particular, one very important one, is the extension of ballots being able to come in after Election Day, and in the case of the details, going up until Friday, and those ballots will be counted. And then in another detail is the verification of these ballots or the determination of which ballots will be valid, especially in dealing with postmarks or lack thereof or the uh, ineligibility or not being eligible. In other words, if they're not uh, eligible postmarks or you're not being able to read them. Now, I don't know about you, but the last time I mailed a letter (laughs) and I've received plenty of letters, I haven't seen a hand, I haven't seen a hand stamped postmark in a very, very, very long time. Most of the postmarks are computer generated because you see the postmark, uh, the post office or the postal service has updated their process and they use computers to do it. And when a postmark is put on your letter, most of the time these days or your parcel that you are trying to send, it is generated by print or a computer. So it's very hard to make that uh, unreadable unless you take some alcohol and smear it over it and then just rub it to where the uh, the print smears over. I, I, I can't see that. So that would make sense if we're back in the old days where you have a uh, teller at the uh, at the window and that teller's stamping each and every letter. And sometimes they may smear the stamp. But the Postal Service don't use that type of uh, postmark these days. They still do in very slim cases, but most of the time it's the computer-generated postmark. And I'm pretty sure that with the general election and the uh, important things that hinges on the general election, they will use the computer-generated postmark because it will make it very clear 
of how or if these ballots should be validated. Okay? Now, they made that stipulation in, in the new details, and it got added on in, 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 in the case of the postmarks being readable or not, or not having a postmark at all. And they could just sit down and decide, well, this this one looks like it came, it, it, it was mailed before November 3rd. So let's go ahead and count it anyway. Yeah, let's just go ahead and count it anyway. Go ahead, Jim, throw it over there in the bin, in the bin over there and we'll count it. Well, I, the legislature did not make that into law and as I've said when I read from the Pennsylvania law that the selection of the electors that go to the electoral college in the selection of the president is selected by the general vote is selected by the general general vote in the general election. And if you are having a general election where it has been warped by decree from the governor and stamped by the judges but not made into law by the legislatures, then that means that just as the House of Representatives or the election for representatives and senators has been made unconstitutional, that also means that the selection of the electors has been made unconstitutional. So you see, this is a big mess. Now I'm still looking to see if there are laws that has been made by the state legislature of Pennsylvania that have made this these new details legit. I'm still looking for those. I haven't found any of these folks. And from hearing from the uh, from the characters in this play, there, I I can I can gather that there isn't any law or there isn't any extensions on the current election law that allows for these. Uh, details to take place so we have a problem and see this is where it relates to the philosophy of the living constitution and in the living constitution it says or it talks about the the executive being able to basically have arbitrary power he can make a decree and depending on how uh, how influential he is, he will get it. And this is exactly what's happening in the state of Pennsylvania. Totally sidestepping the Constitution. Now, why is this important? Well, it is very obvious, isn't it? If we have a situation where any governor or any president, or any judge, can just write the law, then that means that those people in those offices can do whatever they want. 
In this case, the results or the results of their decrees is, is allowing certain things that some of you would want to happen to happen. So you're not complaining. But you see, this is how the process starts. It makes it justified in people's eyes by saying, look, if you just give me the power to do whatever I want. Now, I'm speaking as a leader. If you give the leader the power to do what they want, then that leader will give you the things that you want. But you see, as time goes along, it doesn't always turn out that way. And it usually turns into something that is drastically different. And those leaders, once they gain arbitrary power, or if those officers gain arbitrary power, where well, they can do whatever they want at any time without any check on them, you can be rest assured that somewhere down the line, the American people will lose the power that they once had. And they will have no say-so whatsoever in their government. No semblance of say-so in their government. The Constitution will be dead. And some of you want the Constitution to die. And when it dies, you will really regret its death. Because that would mean that you have no control over your life. Your life will be in the hands of leaders. And we see how this has gotten us right now. And the leaders at this point of time in this country does not have a complete jurisdiction over everyone's life. But it's getting there. But when it gets totally there, America will cease to exist and the American people or the former American people or the people of what was known as the United States of America will regret, will regret it each and every day of losing the republic. So you see here, I'm for the republic. I don't care who wins right now. I just worry about the process being done correctly. Because it's not it's it's not this election that I'm really concerned about. Now granted, I am concerned about this election because it's it's pretty it's pretty this one is pretty rough. But it is in no comparison to a potential election that could happen. If we continue to allow unconstitutional processes to infiltrate our elections, we will get to the point to where we will end up like the old Roman Republic. And then one day Caesar will be knocking on our door and that will be the end of the Republic. Now, granted, when Caesar comes, it may be a situation where the people is, is uh, clapping and rejoicing in the streets. 
But little did they know in the Roman Republic, the thing that they were celebrating was the death of the very little freedom that they had left. And see, this is why a lot of these a lot of these leaders think that the people are stupid. Because time and time again throughout history, the people have proven themselves to be as such. Now, in America, this could be a situation where it could be different. For many years, for many decades, it was different. The people of the United States knew how their government was supposed to work for the most part. And you couldn't pull these type of stunts on the American people. But now in these day and ages, that's not the case. And a lot of that has to do with our schooling. We, in the United States of America, in public schools and in private schools, do not read the Constitution of the United States of of America, the Declaration of Independence, and the Federalist Papers. We just don't. And to add on top of that, we don't read folks such as John Locke and Montesquieu, who first brought out the the uh, the subject of separation of powers. Montesquieu was very important, and the founding fathers uh, really leaned on his philosophy in constructing our government. Now, they didn't take everything that he said, but there were some key elements that they took. Uh, One big key element is the separation of powers. And the the definition that of the powers that the government has. But right now, all of these things are being lost because we are not educating ourselves in these things. We are not reading these things. And then on top of that, we're losing track of history. Because if we knew history, if we look at the Roman Republic and how it fell, we will see ear, ear, excuse me, there's noise outside. You would see you will see some eerie signs happening in our time period that corresponds to the history of the Roman Republic. You will see the people in this day and age acting the same way as the people in the Roman Republic. You will see the senators and the leaders, the senators and the leaders of the government of the Roman Republic, just as corrupt as our leaders are today. And the people would let it happen because these corrupt leaders are giving the people what they want according to their interests. This is why I said before, that in a republic, it is irresponsible to vote according to your interests. It is irresponsible to look for government to give you things according to your interests. We all should be focused on the preservation of the republic. So, 
I don't want to hold you too much longer. But that's the general gist of what's going on in Pennsylvania. And if you want to look at the, uh, at the case that the representatives or the conservatives representatives of Congress in uh, Pennsylvania, you can go to the supremecourt.gov and try to find the, uh, the case or the, uh, the, uh, the complaint that they gave to the Supreme Court. You can find it. Uh, the date of the complaint is September 28th, 2020. And it says here in the Supreme Court of the United States, Pennsylvania Democratic Party uh, versus uh, Kathy Bokvar in her official capacity as Pennsylvania Secretary of State and the Republican Party of Pennsylvania. So if you do if you can do a Google search or you could do a uh, search on supremecourt.gov I'm pretty sure you could probably find it. Uh, so you can look at that and read it and you can see the complaint that the legislatures or some of the some of the uh, representatives of the state legislature of Pennsylvania you can see what their complaint is and they're putting this up to the Supreme Court. Now, granted, granted, this case is not done. It is not thrown out. It will come up. So don't be surprised if Biden gets elected by popular vote. Or don't be surprised when Biden has been made to appear to look like he's elected by the popular vote through the reporting of our media. Don't be surprised if that gets revoked because the, the Supreme Court of the United States finds that the way or the, the details that has been added to the, elect, the electoral process of the general election in Pennsylvania, don't be surprised if they find those details deemed unconstitutional. Therefore, a lot of those votes will have to be not counted and on top of that, the, the uh, selection of the electors who will select the president, that may change as well. So, at this point, we just have to sit back and see what's going to happen. And also, at this point, we have to sit back and not believe anything that the media is telling us. I hope you are listening to that. Don't believe anything that the media is telling you. If they tell you that Trump wins, don't believe it. If they tell you that Biden wins, don't believe it. The only way you know when Biden wins or Trump wins is when the ballots of the electors are read from the Senate floor. That's it. No news agency without quoting what the count is of the electors from the uh, from the opening of the envelopes from the Senate or the Congress of the United States. If the media doesn't state that, 
or if their statement is not coming from that, then you can't believe it. It's just conjecture at this point. And don't fall for the PR. It's all PR. And one of our biggest problems is PR here. We have a lack of education, but we have a lot of PR. And that's why people get ultra emotional about these things. And then when things don't go their way because they have been primed to have an emotional response or an emotional attachment to certain things, when they don't get their way, they have a very violent response. So this is the this is one of the biggest reasons why I am making this episode to unprime you from that emotional response so that you can see what's going on here and why it is happening. Now, we've talked about the things that are wrong, but I implore you to look at the things as to why these things are in place, such as the Electoral College. Why the Constitution says what it says? What is the philosophy lying behind it? And I'm not talking about the living constitutional philosophy. No, I'm talking about the true philosophy. So that means, ladies and gentlemen, that we have to read the Federalist Papers, the Anti-Federalist Papers, John Locke, Montesquieu, and we have to read the letters that the founding fathers wrote to each other. James Madison, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin. Oh, they had slaves. So what? No one's perfect. And they knew that that was not right anyway. But some of them, they were already in it. Or they were all white men. So what? So what? They knew at one point of time in the in the future of this country that this that more people will come to this country, people who are not white. And that's why the Constitution was structured the way that it is. Now I don't want to hear that it says that the Constitution says that black people are three fifths of a man, or or, or you, you you know the you. You know the uh, song. That's not what it says. I think I've talked about this in another episode that has strictly to do about rules of apportionment. That's it. Okay. It was about it was about uh, states not being able to count their slaves so that they can get more seats in the house while not allowing their slaves being able to vote. If you're going to count the slaves, then you must allow them to vote. That's what it was about. And since they were not willing to allow the slaves to vote, but they wanted to count and they needed to pass, they needed to resolve this issue. They made a compromise to where they would count their slaves at a fraction. And so they were able to move on. Now, you can read all of these things from the notes of the uh, Constitutional Convention. James Madison has extensive notes on this, and there were other notes as well. But you can find this stuff. And I ask for you to do so so that you can dispel the myths behind all of this and that you'll be less liable for 
emotional PR attempts, which makes most people end up in the streets burning things down when they don't when they don't get what they have been programmed to want. So, please look at these things. And in the meantime also, check out some history so that we know where we going by look by looking at where those who have came before us have gone. This is the Evergreen Tree. I am your host, Brandon Lee Lewis. Conserve our republic. Save our republic. Conservate the republic nostra.